Chapter Twenty One of the Pony Rider Boys on the Blue Ridge. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marty on the Central Coast of California. The Pony Rider Boys on the Blue Ridge by Frank G. Patchen. Chapter Twenty One Trapped in a Mountain Cabin. As they neared the cabin, they proceeded with more caution. They did not know if there were others in the building, though Tad did not believe such to be the case. At the rear of the place, bushes grew close to the side of the building, so the boys chose this way of approaching the cabin. This is a pretty serious thing, intruding upon a man's home, whispered Tad, but I think we are justified in doing so. They had reached the building. Tad placed an ear against the side but not a sound could he catch from within. I don't believe there's anyone at home, remarked the lad quietly. I'm going to take a peep. Creeping along one side of the cabin, he reached the window and attempted to peer in. A sheet of brown wrapping paper had been secured over the window so as to shut off all view from the outside, but Tad, not yet at the end of his resources, decided upon a bold move. First, making sure that no one was about, the lad walked boldly around to the front, nodding to his companion to follow. Tad rapped on the door. There was no reply. He knocked harder. Under his heavy wraps, the door swung open a little way, Butler at the same time stepping back. He thought someone had opened the door, but quickly saw that he had done that himself. The boy pushed the door wide open, gazed in through the opening, then stepped in. It was not an uncommon thing in the mountains for a traveler to enter another's cabin. Both boys knew that. Had they not done the same thing in the Rockies? And had not mountaineers helped themselves to the camp of the Pony Rider boys on more than one occasion? Nothing ever had been thought of it. But somehow, Tad Butler felt some misgivings about his present undertaking. He stepped in glancing about him inquiringly. There was little to distinguish Stillman's home from other mountain cabins they had visited. The shotgun that they had seen the man use was hanging on the wall. The dishes from breakfast were still on the bare deal table, as was a lamp with a smoked chimney. Chunks of rock were heaped in a corner. The fireplace was a huge affair. It was built of rough rocks, laid up almost like a staircase, extending halfway across the end of the cabin. In one corner was a heap of logs sawed to length, together with a great pile of dry kindling wood. Stillman was well prepared for wet or winter weather, though there were not enough blankets in sight to protect a man in very cold weather. A bed of boughs served for a sleeping place. Tad stooped over and pried up a loose board in the floor. He found there, in a small hole that had been excavated, another heap of rocks similar to those found in the cabin itself. It is my opinion that these are samples of ore, reflected the boy. Do you know, I believe it is some shrewd game along this line that Stillman is playing. The boys examined the place for the better part of an hour, finally sitting down to discuss what they had discovered and trying to get at the real secret of their discoveries. All at once they realized that the day was drawing to a close. The sun had gone down some time since. Twilight fell suddenly. They also realized that they were hungry, 
and that it was high time they were starting back to camp, which they would not now be able to reach until long after dark. Tad reasoned that they were a good three miles or more from the camp. The others surely would be worrying about them. They'll have a fine time finding us if they start to look for us, jeered Ned. Yes, I reckon they will, answered Butler with a broad grin. They never would look for us in this place. Let's be off. First thing we know, we won't know. Tad paused sharply, bending his head in a listening attitude. All at once he sprang to the door, and opening it a crack, peered out. He closed the door softly and bounded back, a worried look on his face. What is it? whispered Ned. Someone is coming. Hurry, run for it then, urged Ned. Too late. He's almost here. Ned groaned. The fireplace, cried Tad in a low, tense voice. Climb up. There's plenty of room. Get up as far as you can. This is a fine fix we have got into. Be quiet and have your nerve with you. Go on. Tad gave his companion a push towards the broad fireplace. Rector made a leap for it and peered up into the dark chimney. Go on, go on, urged Tad, giving Rector another push. Ned disappeared up the chimney, and Tad squirmed in under the arch and was up, following his companion with the agility of a squirrel. Butler had barely drawn his feet up when he heard the door of the cabin open and close with a slam. The intruder put his gun down with a bump, plainly heard by both boys. A moment later, a faint light was seen below them. The newcomer had lighted the lamp. The boys had been up the chimney but a few moments when they heard the man go to the door where, after listening briefly, he uttered a whistle. An answering whistle, sounding far away to the boys up there, came almost instantly. Then a few minutes later a second man came tramping into the cabin. "'You're late, Joe,' announced the voice that the lad recognized as belonging to Jay Stillman. "'Yes, I couldn't get away from Beach.' That's Joe Batts, muttered Tad. A precious pair of rascals, as we shall find out if we are discovered. Is he going to bring the other man out soon? Yes, he and Beach will be along in the morning. Think Beach is on the level? No, of course he isn't. But he doesn't dare play foxy with us. Besides, it's money in his pocket to play square. He doesn't know where the plant is. What's the matter with his having a plan of his own? <laughs> Bats laughed. I reckon he doesn't know enough about the game to try that, he answered with a harsh laugh. He'd better not, growled Stillman. Got everything fixed? Yes, I planted a new patch of yellow daisies this afternoon, answered Jay, whereat a series of chuckles drifted up the chimney, causing Tad to wonder what the men meant by yellow daisies. There seemed no explanation of the term. I'm going to sneeze, whispered Rector. Don't you dare, commanded Tad in alarm. I breathed in enough soot to clog a smokestack. Hold your nose. Seen anything of that Pony Rider outfit? asked Stillman. They've connected with Duncan's crowd, replied Joe Batts. They have. I tell you, we made a mistake in letting them get in so close. They've got to be driven out. We have too much at stake. First, here is the claim we salted down today. Then there is the other thing. Between the two, we are in to make a big fortune. I'm to meet Bates the day after tomorrow and get our pay for the work we are doing up at the other place. About that pony crowd and the other bunch, 
we've got to get rid of them right smart they are too nosy declared bats what are you going to do shoot them down and get strung up for it not for mine we'll put them out of business in some other way i would have done it last night but but what questioned bats i opened the way i got that critter all right the dog yes they'll raise a row about that warned bats no they won't they'll think he fell over oh i looked after that all right there's only one thing to be done get our money for the claim we salted and the wad for the other work we are doing and clear out what about hans i ain't bothering about him let him fight his own battles we have played this game for several months now and have a tidy sum put away where it will be safe first thing we know the government will get wise and then it'll be all up with us for the next twenty years if not worse got anything for hans tonight questioned bats yes i'm going to take it over to him later he doesn't have to send it out until midnight tomorrow night smoky griffin won't be in until one o'clock with the stuff it's coming in another way but the critters won't get wise to it even if they have doped out the other system which there's evidence that they are on track of those pony boys have got to be run out of these mountains before we do anything else and they've got to go right away that's easy declared bats confidently stillman shoved back his chair and gathering a bundle of dry wood placed it in the fireplace first having stuffed an old newspaper in it tad groaned inwardly he knew what was coming stillman touched the match to the heap in the fireplace a faint crackling sound was borne to the ears of the two pony rider boys and a wave of heat rolled up to them oh help this settles it moaned ned rector then came a cloud of white suffocating smoke ned let go a terrific sneeze the sneeze jolted him loose his feet slipped from the ledge and he went sliding down on top of his companion uttering a yell as he felt tad giving way beneath him end of chapter 21 read by marty on the central coast of california